attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about women's contributions to the space program are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Carrie Fisher? This bucket of bolts is never going to get us past that blockade. And now I'm sad. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sad. I, I'm sad. What does that mean? Well, I, I don't want to be the contrarian, but... To the rest of the world? Well, it's sad that she's gone. Wait a minute. You don't want to be the contrarian? He can't help but So every time you're the contrarian, is it some natural oh, impulse you yes. fight and lose? Yes, because I, I know what I'm going to hear. All I'm right, going to catch a bunch of crap for What it. is the thing you're going to say? We just can't be shocked, right? It's a hard live in 60. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I say that. It's sad that she's gone, but no one should be scratching their head and going, why Chris did this Farley happen? Chris Farley died. Yeah, right? What? She was <laughs> yeah. taken too soon. She lucky she got to 60, from what I understand. Oh! <laughs> Honestly, right? Like, Debbie Reynolds also can't be too sad. She's 80. After 75, everything's borrowed time. Uh, uh, I really so feel bad for That's the daughter. Sad. Well, it's sad in because, the timing. Yes. Okay. The daughter had to lose her mom and her grandma. That's a bummer. That is the worst, like in two days? Yeah. She's only 24. I'm sad that we're not going to have another book from Carrie Fisher. There you go. I just watched Postcards from the Edge for the first time to pay tribute to her, and I loved it. I'd never seen it before, and I was missing out on Dennis Quaid. And very different (laughs) from the book, yeah? The movie. Oh, Uh, is it? uh, I think so. I haven't actually read that book. My latest favorite is Shock Therapy, which is about her going through shock therapy. Holy cow, I should read that. It is... Amazing. And huh. just a lot of anecdotes of her life. She's lived such an amazing, incredible life. I've not read her books, but excerpts, and you would like her writing, yeah. Karen. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yes. All right. Well, I know that she had great taste in comedy men. It's Dan Aykroyd, Steve Martin. I there mean, you go. fantastic. And as as an attempt to redeem some of what I'm yes. trying to say here. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Bart's back. <laughs> I saw Rogue One. Yes. And we're in a spoiler-free zone, so I don't want to <laughs> give too much away for those three or four people that haven't seen it I yet. I haven't seen it yet, but that's my fault. She so. does play the best moment in the movie. She's in and it? I can't tell well. one way or the other, but I honestly- <laughs> well, you just did. I honestly <laughs> cried when that happened. Uh, I was like, I- I would this- love to see you vulnerable. Well, I'm vulnerable all the time. <laughs> I would love to see that. Wouldn't that be something? It'd the world is constantly crapping on me, Paul. <laughs> right. You just miss you just, out you just on it. To, like, bounce it off like you're made of vibranium. Yeah, well, I He's like, like this. Wonder Woman. He just has his little yeah. like bracelets and he bounces it off. Uh, George Michael also passed away. Oh, that well, I mean, we made can't, me we cry. We don't have enough time to go over everyone Again. who passed away. Again. 53. The guy who played Alf, the author of Watership Down, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, right Alf is dead? The actor, yeah. Oh. But George Michael, we all remember recent... Homage to the great one in clips like this from Keanu. See what we got here. What the fuck is this? Oh shit, niggas. <laughs> this my shit right here. <laughs> George Michael. And of course, Deadpool is also very sad. Yeah, because he loved um, George Michael too. What Carol's was it? Careless Whisper. That was his jam. <laughs> it was my first boyfriend. Like, I was a little kid finally going, I like this guy. I'm going to marry him. That didn't work out. <laughs> a friend of mine and I were just talking about how oblivious everyone was no to the idea. homosexuality of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Of, no, of, of most of them. Of everything. 
George we're, Michael, I, I thought for sure boy George is going to be my next boyfriend. <laughs> it went so far as even in, in Rocky 3, there's a scene where Apollo Creed and Rocky are running down the beach in muscle yeah. shorts, <laughs> and they frolic in the, in the sea. That is the most homoerotic <laughs> scene ever. Uh, and in my mind, I still think they're wearing half shirts, but I don't, but I don't know. They might not be. I hope so. <laughs> oh, my God. That's worth another watch that for the half shirt. That was Rocky. That was some happy music, though. I loved Wham. That was some let's have fun music. I remember playing Careless Whispers <sighs> on the alto saxophone <laughs> in eighth grade band. You, go, you were Lloyd Dobler in it. They're not Lloyd Dobler. You were Lane Meyer in it up there with Absolutely. the saxophone yeah. in, the, uh, in the burger joint for the girls. That was exactly what we were playing. Dude, that's amazing. That's a great riff. Yeah, eighth grade band. Again, we had no idea how gay it was. All right, New Year, though, and no celebrity death so far. Right? Am no. I right about that? Off to us. Only um, Mariah Carey's career. Yes. Right? That's what's going around the meme. Welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. New for 2017. Woo. I've made a lot of special modifications myself. We have. You've I reached ground we have zero. different chairs. <laughs> You've reached ground <laughs> zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, previews, special guests, bits, banter, and more as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone, just a little once over to let maybe new listeners know what we're all about. We offer a new show every week. Just search Google, Yahoo, or Bing! Bing! And we come right up. And of course, the show is absolutely- Paul, you're in luck this week. I got a Christmas card from my grandmother, and inside it- You still have a grandmother? $10. Whoa! So, did you open it up and like shake it before you even read well, it? You, what you try not to do is- is hold it so that the money falls out because uh -huh. that's really what you it's called greedling. Uh, <laughs> There's a name for this. that. It, it's a sniglet. <laughs> oh, and yeah. so where you open the card, you try not to look at the check and or the money, and then you do this to see because sometimes there's that fake page and they put the money behind the fake uh, page. Greedling, I like that. <laughs> and uh, ten dollars, so I've got money for the show. That's great. Well, I'm, wait, glad wait, you know I'm, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. However, I should point out that the show is free. Oh, oh. yeah. So no need to, to pay. Even for the in show. the new year, you're going to keep it free. For now. Well, oh, it's a uh, Trump era now. You should charge. I really should. Mm -hmm. uh, so, listen, I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in all the land in our free show, Paul mm -hmm. Preston, here with Bart Caius. I was in the Air Force. I was stationed in Drambui off the coast of the Barbary Coast. And Karen Volpe. <laughs> if you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Was that your first non-Ghostbusters quote since I'm July? I'm starting the new year. Wow. With Love Actually quotes! Adam is having Aww. an extended holiday stay in the Midwest and sitting in the Adam chair all show <gasps> long as a multi-award-winning yes. performer, director, and writer of the new book Angel Meat, available January 17th. We'll get to the bottom of what's that all, what that is all about and how to order it later in the show. You've heard her voice already. Laura Lee Barr, everybody! Yay! I still believe that, after all, people are really good. Wow, look at that. She jumps right in with a quote, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's Anne Frank. I, I misquoted it. It's not it, a movie, but... though. Is it? <laughs> uh, it was it made started... into a movie. <laughs> okay. It did start as a book, as a diary. All right. Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's what I remember. You know. Right. You know, I, I'm right. a little literate. All you do is come in and talk about all your book reading every week. Yeah. we got to steer you around a movie. We have an author here. I expect you to quote a book. That's what, uh, I'll hold on to that, and I'll never let go. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll there you go. Like there you go. Now, now you're speaking. Bart. He loves Titanic. <laughs> oh, so I'm a milt. Oh, a man in love with Titanic. There she is. Oh, She's ding, a literary genius. Wow. This I is a woman who knows words. <laughs> Three times in the theater saw that movie. Do you know how many times, times I saw it in the theater? How many? 
17. What? Wow. Well, you can I'm stay. Did you know that. somebody that worked at the theater? Um, it was this golden year when SAG allowed everybody to have to go as many times as they oh. want. Do you remember? Oh, do you no. remember when SAG used to do that? Once no. upon a once upon a time. I joined in 01. So yeah, yeah we joined after. Uh, now we have one screener. That's all no. we have is one screener. It was a golden time when you could go <laughs> with certain Crying movies with a date and your SAG card nice. to any theater. Wow. We did that for a while. I remember that. And you could go and see multiple movies because they couldn't keep track. So you could see the same one, like you said, over. Time. Didn't have computers back then. Now we buy Movie Pass. And, you know, do you know Movie Pass? Mm-mm. Pay one price, see as many movies as you want. Oh. So it's like you pay a little. It's like paying SAG dues, but yeah. really getting the best benefits of SAG. Yeah, but you don't have you to. <laughs> you don't have to pay for all that other stuff. I'm sure SAG's yeah. good for other stuff, and one day I'll enjoy it. Someday we'll be eligible to enjoy that healthcare. All right, listen, Laura fits right in here, so let's get to a new batch of signature movie guys. Movie previews. Yes, all right, we'll fill you Bart in was a... just having some sort of pneumonia. We're good now. Mm. The sneeze attack. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I'm doing that a lot. You masked that well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, he did the vampire sneeze. He had that going. I like that. Did I've never heard that. that call oh, yeah. Into the, <laughs> yeah. Into the arm good. crotch. Yes. Well, let's fill everybody in on what's coming to That's theaters it. every weekend like we do here. Uh, spoiler free. If you're testing the waters for our show for the new year, as I mentioned, here's how we roll. We haven't seen these movies. So no. we watch the trailer Probably and then we won't. bat them around here. The well, that's the best part. We pick what we want to see. And you can do the same. You'll listen to us and then go figure out what you want to do. First up. If Kate Beckinsale is back in the big screen, then there must be an Underworld movie. This one's called <laughs> Underworld Blood Wars. Blood Wars? What is this, about the Zika virus? No, Bart. Oh. I would see that. I would totally see that. <laughs> also, two films going into wider release. And the first, well, feels like it's been month since we've <laughs> seen Felicity Jones die in a movie. And she plays a dying mother in A Monster Calls. Oh, boy. Hello? You make my life so fucking difficult. <laughs> Okay. That's well, a real monster. That's a real, a real monster. monster. Uh, and uh, Hidden Figures. Is... No, it's that's not what it's about. It's about this. You have identification on NASA, sir. NASA? I had no idea they hired There are quite a few women working in the space program. Least I can do is give y'all an escort. Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in 1961. That is a God-ordained miracle. This movie apparently is awesome. And everyone that, who sees it goes I tried to Facebook to go immediately see it and tells and I everybody. Haven't been able to cr- catch it yet. Yeah, this will be the wide release, then we can all finally see. Okay, it. good. All these movies, you know, they creep in at the end. Of the day. Mm-hmm. Way too many of them. A Monster Calls also opened in limited release um, it, before December was up to qualify for. Is this not awards. award eligible? It, it is. Hidden oh figures. yeah, because yeah, they, they probably hit for, the They all open the LA, time. New York, for, oh, okay. for, and then they open wide in January. Same with Patriots Day. Same with Gold. Same with The Founder. Say, I mean, just movie after movie after movie. Just they, it's too many. And I just heard a, a promo for some movie uh, on the radio, and at the end of it, they just they they were giving like some credits, like you know, directed by, written by, and elig- awards el- eligible. Like, do I care as a moviegoer whether it's awards eligible or not? But they put it out there. I don't know. Maybe some let, people would. I'm know. wondering if it's part of the marketing campaign to let the people who are voting know yeah. you can vote on this. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that's because oh, it was yeah. a local. Oh, that's got to be what it's right? for. Right? It was a local L.A. station, so I assume yeah. all the, the Academy members are listening to the this radio station and go, oh. I don't think the people going to the Chautauqua Mall are going to be worried about whether or not it's um, eligible uh, for awards. awards. Yeah. All that's in the print. Uh, <laughs> In the print ads, so I've never heard it done in the radio. Though. That's yeah, I heard it just the other. It was on NPR, I think. Actually, they're expanding. 
Yeah. It means more to them now than ever. Uh, awards, awards, it's awards. A racket. Do you watch that show, Adam Ruins Everything? Not our Adam? No. <laughs> no, but that's funny. Um, yeah, he talks about what a scam. There, there was somebody who bought lunch for an entire neighborhood. I need to look into this. I'll get back to you. But yeah, okay. there was a there was like one movie that went around into a neighborhood and just like it was either a movie or a TV show and just bought everyone lunch. They gerrymandered yeah. the uh, voting. They, like, oh well, you know they bought like, Harry Knowles, uh, invited him out to the premiere of Pearl Harbor, and so of course that's on the. Uh, yeah. I think if I have the right movie, that's on an aircraft. You right? know, Michael Bay and his all this stuff. Mm. They're in Hawaii. It's a whole big thing. Of course, he comes back and goes, "Great movie." <laughs> That's a whole other thing. You know, Such an honest bribe, bribe and, uh, You know, you know they the could just get prostitutes to tell the guys that they're good looking and, like, you know, studio heads, <laughs> if they just hit on Karen, them and they didn't tell them. Prostitutes are not allowed to lie. If they tell me I'm <laughs> handsome, <laughs> that is it's true. the law. It's, yeah, it's authentic. Mm. Yeah. Hey, that's just something. And when you release your next movie, just uh-huh. hire some chicks to go do some stuff and... Oh, I did that on this one. And that's when you get some good reviews. <laughs> uh, quick, reviews. quick show note. I've been talking about how I'm going to be involved in this show on January 11th called In the Music Queue, celebrating the music of the legendary, super powerhouse, transformative rock trio Cream. Yes. It got postponed. In a white no! room. Yeah, so don't. So, uh, It'll it'll come up uh, later in the year. All right. Well, probably later in this They're having trouble editing spring. your stuff because of your voiceover. I'm sure that's what happened. I didn't do it. You're like, hey, man, 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 man. They're like, we need that to sound like words. That does not sound like introducing one of the members of Creed. Yeah, put, put it through a filter and eventually mm-hmm. it becomes English. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be out, and I'll announce it again, because you should all go check it out. There's huge artists playing all the music, covering it live, plus a big multimedia experience down at the Segerstrom Arts Center in Orange County. Right. So more on that later. But let's get to the first movie of the new year. Oh, boy. More of this shit studios brings you the latest <laughs> movie from the Underworld franchise. Let me guess. The lichens and the vampires are fighting again. It's what they do. Let's talk about it. Wow. Good guess. Here we go. But she's Ugh. so hot. It's crazy yeah. how pretty she is. Crazy. Vampires and lichens. The Hatfields and McCoys of the <laughs> Netherworld are feuding again. And this time it's serious. Apparently, the vampires have let one of their trees grow over the fence into the yard of the lichens, so the lichens have taken to parking their cars on the vampire side of the driveway. Boy, howdy, will these two ever learn to get along? You didn't see the trailer, did you? It's kind of required, Bart, to talk about this yeah. movie. Is it, Paul? Is it? It's been 14 years since the hero of Underworld, the vampire Celine, started her war with the Lycans, and 11 years since they evolved in 2006's Underworld Evolution. It's been 8 years since the Lycans rose, but only 5 years since they awoke in 2012's Underworld Awakenings. Sorry, that's Underworld Awakening. Yes, Underworld Awakenings is the one where Robin Williams teaches the vampires to dance. (laughs) Underworld Blood Wars is the fifth installment of the action horror vampire series chronicling the war between vampires and lichens, which is what fan fiction calls werewolves. For those of you who have been following the Underworld movies from their very beginning... Hasn't your unemployment run out yet? Stop it. You know Kate Beckinsale plays Celine. Oh, and that's just what you guys ordered. Yes, perfect. No, no, it's with an it's with an S. It's with an S. Oh. Celine has to fight to end once and for all this franchise. No, wait, sorry, I meant uh, the eternal war between the Lycan clan and the vampire faction that betrayed her, which would then in turn end this franchise. So I think I like where this movie's going. <laughs> nice. Now Celine is. Oh God. Celine is on the run from the Lycans because she kills one of their leaders in every movie. Now they've got a new leader, and guess what? 
He's pissed. <laughs> In the latest attempt to end Kate Beckinsale's career, a new leader of the Lycans, Prince Drax Drarius, I haven't really looked it up, but really how far off can I be, hatches a plan to acquire the blood of Selene's child to create a super lycan. Or a super vampire. Or maybe it's a Frankenstein. They haven't fought those yet, have they? I think it's about time. Meanwhile, the scheming of Mira from another vampire coven plots to take the vial of child blood, which will make her the most powerful vampire in the coven. Here's the director talking about the coven. <laughs> Coven, man. We got to get this sucker done, though. Seriously. Last night, man, I was so drunk, I was calling Morocco, man. Calling, trying to get to the Hotel Hilton at Tangiers in Casablanca, man. That's, okay, I think he's just going to go. He right. said Casablanca. <laughs> he's just messing up everything. It's but awesome. I think the director's actual quote was, Hey, I want to make a Matrix movie, too. You know, actually, the look of this film does resemble the Matrix, but that's only because of the fact that after spending so much on special effects, they only had enough money left for about four colors. This movie contains a who's who of Eastern European actors that will leave you wondering if Nicolas Cage will be showing up anytime soon. There's nothing stopping her now. I'm confused because it looks like she can fly and disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Duh, Bart. After the events of Underworld Evolution, Selene is no longer merely a vampire, but a vampire Corvinus strain hybrid, now more powerful and also immune to UV radiation. <laughs> and if you're not into vampires and werewolves and all that stuff, it also stars, as always, Kate Beckinsale's ass. Yes, and spoiler alert, they're all eaten by chuds. <laughs> there you go. That's I saw one of these, probably the wrong one. Quick quiz. Anyone yep. know what Chud stands for? Um, yes. I, I do. I'm. It's something like cannibal. Listic. Something underground dwellers. Humanoid is humanoid. Humanoid. So together. Wow, we go. that was impressive. Yes. And do they really exist? Let's hope not, Karen. As much okay. as the RUS is. Oh. Paul, this, you were saying something about I this saw, movie. I saw. I saw Underworld Awakening. I started working at Universal. And I, when they show a free movie, I go. Now, I hadn't seen the first one or the second or third one. I saw the fourth one. Really, how much new yeah. territory can there <laughs> yeah. be here? Uh, Were you confused? It was bad. Yeah, uh, I thought it was bad. Well, wait, when you was it? Even if I knew it was going on, I probably wouldn't have liked it very much. Mm. There's a lot of rubbery, special effect characters walking around. Mm. You know, they, yeah, they're not made of rubber anymore. They're made of CJ, but they still look like rubber. They still look they like They don't rubber. move like people. It's all, you know, look lame. So why do the vampires hate the werewolves so much? I think for Do supremacy. Do you need an excuse, to, really? For the <laughs> supremacy to kill humans, perhaps. I don't. <laughs> right, I mean, so I don't know why we would try and help any of them. Huh? Why do we like the? Do we like the vampires more than the werewolves? We seem to follow Celine, so I don't. I didn't like any of them when I was watching it. Was well, it like an a vampire or a werewolf? Yes. Oh, a lycanthrope. Oh, is it a thing or is it made up for this movie? No, that's a that's a that's the technical. Term oh, okay. For werewolf. Yeah. So they shortened it because I've learned that's stuff. what kids do. I thought there was a medicine called Lyco something. A what? Like an anti-depression medicine. There was a uh, search engine called Lycos. Maybe that's something. <laughs> it was pretty depressing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but unlike that, uh, unlike the other lichens in this movie, that's gone. So this one's yeah. still around. I, they always come out in January. One might have come out in September. They've never graduated to summer or holiday movie status. So this is about when you get one of these. What did we say? How many of these movies were there? This is the fifth. fifth. Yeah, this is the fifth. And, and you know wow. what? This and is usually when we get a horror movie. 
You usually get the devil inside or paranormal oh, yeah. activity, the marked ones or something mm-hmm. like that. Now we're getting an underworld. What other Kate Beckinsale movies are out there that I need to see so I can see her work? Last Days of Disco. And by her work, you mean her ass? I guess so. You know what? She's not as hot in these movies as she could be. It's a tight leather thing. Yeah. yeah. I miss the long hair. It's just me. Uh, it is short and choppy. You yeah. know who should be in these movies? Um, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel and who am I thinking Jessica of? Jessica Alba. No. God darn it. I had it's going to roll through hot chicks till I get the uh, right one. Gina Gershon. Jessica's? Gina Gershon should be in these movies. She should be great at that, yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. I just don't know what else Kate Beckinsale has done other than this. <laughs> she, she, Gina Gershon kind of looks like a vampire anyway. She's got a mouthful of teeth. <laughs> Wait, let me keep that answering Karen's question. <laughs> Cold oh Comfort God. Farm. Uh-huh. And she was in The Much Ado About Nothing with Denzel Washington and That's Michael Keaton. a while ago, ago though. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. These are both from very long. Yeah. Whit Stillman's Last Days of Disco. You should definitely see it. How long ago was that? A while ago. Okay, so now lately, <laughs> she's just like looking. Hey, she's in like the total this. recall. I'm just getting reboot. a bunch of money. I'm just getting a bunch of money and just call it a day. Yeah. Because this can't be a lot of memorization. But she recently, she, she married the guy who directed the first one. I would and too. I'd be like, marked. these are a piece of cake. Let's do this. And they just divorced, so I don't know why you keep doing them. Because the prenup said so. Ah! <laughs> well, he stopped doing them. Oh, oh did he? Oh, okay. okay. And what's wrong? I love Kate Beckinsale. What's going on there that he filed for divorce? Well, like they say. Yeah. No. Yes, <laughs> what do they say? No matter. So, somebody somewhere. Somebody somewhere is tired of her shit, so. <laughs> no matter how good looking she is. Oh, is that what it is? I what thought it was it? somebody somewhere is tired of fucking her. Oh. No, that's not it. Because <laughs> that's not what you get tired of. That's not what I say. You get tired of just that's the bullshit what I, what that you I have hear. to go through to get to the, the other thing. Are you paying attention, not swearing? You can probably yeah, get rid of this whole section. About that whole thing. <laughs> probably shouldn't just get rid of, this get rid of that whole section. Kids, yeah. know that when you fall in love. <laughs> it's all sunshine and lollipops. Well, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, it was either Zsa, Zsa or Ava Gabor that said, you know, getting divorced... Uh, just because you no longer love somebody is almost as stupid as marrying them just because you do. Oh. So, very practical gal. Huh. The Gabors. Did she just hang on? Is that what? <laughs> well, she was just indicting the, the legitimacy of emotional love and saying, you know, just because you love somebody doesn't mean you should marry them. And just because you don't, you shouldn't get divorced. There's more financial reasons at stake than that oh. is what she's suggesting. Or yeah. maybe in a more positive light, love is an active thing that is something that yeah, you build no. through your actions nice and try. day in and day out working with someone <laughs> in a relationship, not just, you know, a feeling. I stopped that is the yeah, that is the counter to <laughs> that is the counter to the Gabor's uh, yeah. manifesto. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our next film, please. All right. Uh, a monster calls. Oh, Uh-oh. Hello? I'm going to fly out there for the day. <laughs> just to straight you out. All right. Uh, <clears throat> don't let that deter you, everybody. The Monster Calls is a movie. Oh, why did I say it again? Are you going to get that? Hello? You listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish. Understand? Wow. All right, Karen, wow. let's talk yeah. about this okay. before we get to another phone call. Thank All right, you. here we go. Okay. In a monster calls. Oh, uh, what did do, you do I'll that? get it. Hello? Who is this really? <laughs> Once upon a time, that was funny. <laughs> Just don't say the name of the movie again. Okay. All right, go ahead. Um, I know. In our next film, Good. a young boy, Connor, played by Lewis McDougall, lives a life of hell. Well, f- first of all, he's in junior high, so Ooh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Hellish. That really is enough to cause a child to invent imaginary friends that won't betray him at every turn. 
But also, his mother is dying, oh. his classmates bully him, right. and his stepmom mm -hmm. is a bitch. Yes. So he begins to retreat into the imaginary world of his own drawings. Well, you know my name is so no, 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 not quite yet, not quite yet. <laughs> I just picture, I just picture what's-his-face in the tub now. Mike Myers. Mike yeah. Myers. That's Connor fun. has always loved drawing things, especially monsters. Well, you know my okay, name not yet. Simon. Almost there. Okay. Hold on. Then one evening, while alone in his room, a monster appears outside Connor's bedroom window, seemingly having come to life from one of his own drawings. Now hit it. Well, you know my name is So it's his fault. <laughs> That's right. Connor conjures himself up a Groot Ooh. by bringing to life his drawing of a tree. And to make sure his imaginary friend can threaten all of his friends effectively, he gives <laughs> it the voice of Liam Neeson. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know what you want. I don't think that's a clip from the movie, but Liam Neeson isn't going to call, is he? Nothing good ever comes of that. No. If I were to manifest Liam Neeson, it wouldn't be as a monster. Although, I hear he's got a tree trunk on him somewhere. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. The monster has come to help Connor deal okay. with his anger and that frustration. That would help me deal with my anger and frustration. <laughs> frustration, for sure. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't say much about me. Let's move uh, on. Anyway. The monster has come to help Connor deal with his anger and frustration by showing him that it's okay to break things when you get mad. What shall I destroy next? Break the windows! Break them yourself. I'm sorry. Of course a monster would say that. That's what monsters do. But I am sure his mother wouldn't condone such behavior. It's okay that you're angry. I'm angry too. And if you need to break things, by God, you break them. Okay, well, um, I'm not too sure what the message here is, but Hollywood, you know best. And we should have listened to Jesse Helms. See what happens when you fund the arts. <laughs> <laughs> but don't feel too bad for young Connor because he has a dying mother. I've contracted AIDS. How did you get that? From an African prostitute. I'm riddled with it. Okay, that's... And he has a mean old grandmother. The movie takes place in England, so the bullies at school aren't all that bad. I mean, they're English school bullies. Here's an example of some of the torment that Colin... Colin Connor... I want to say Colin because of Colin Firth. Has to endure at the hands of these so-called bullies. I no longer see you. What do you say? I no longer see you? That's it? Ow. Where's the wet willy? <laughs> the wedgie being shoved in a locker. This is why the English have never gone to the moon. They can't even do bullying right. But his grandmother is played by Sigourney Weaver, which sounds good at first because having a stepmom that's constantly explaining the plot of puberty could be enlightening. <laughs> but this is not that Sigourney Weaver. Not plot explaining Sigourney Weaver? No. Which is what she plot does. This is what she normally yeah. does. No, this is working girl Sigourney Weaver. Ew. She is not fun at all. Right, let's hold on a second there. Yes. First of all, I think I can speak for Bart in this. Uh -huh. I can buy Sigourney Weaver as uptight and uncaring. I mean, mm -hmm. she has that sort of jawline that plays very well for that sort of thing. But I will not, cannot, and won't not. Won't not. Forget it, he's rolling. Except Sigourney Weaver as a grandmother. You've gone too far this time, Hollywood. Older <laughs> sister, yes, mother, okay, sure. Wise, mature aunt, if you must. But Sigourney Weaver as a grandmother, never, I tell you. Paul, I did not know you were so passionate and protective about Sigourney Weaver's aging. Well... I'm not really. Just oh. means that if she's older and I'm older. Man, Hollywood. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Hashtag sad. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is from the visionary director J.A. Bayona. Is that how you say it? Sure. And if you don't know the difference between a director and a visionary director, visionary directors are the ones whose film crews hate them. <laughs> hey, J.A., I know that shot isn't perfect, but I think we should at least get one shot off today. 
And that's a monster call. All right. So, uh, why did you? I don't this know. This call will be recorded and monitored. I have a collect call from. Really? An inmate at a San Bernardino County <laughs> detention facility. Are you kidding? <laughs> monster calls collect? Hello? Hello, is this B93? Am I caller 37? Uh, sorry, no, you've reached the Movie Guys Showcast. Yeah. So I didn't win the Bruno Mars tickets? No, but you sound kind of familiar. Where are you calling from? Uh, a tree? Wait a minute. Are you the tree monster they're talking about in a monster calls? Now, why did you say that? I'm just curious. Hello? Uh, there's a phone within a phone. Hello. Today, me here in Loco Bakery here to talk about a word. Imp. <laughs> Important. Okay, then. Is this a cookie monster? You know, I didn't think he'd call in because he'd get really bad reception on Sesame Street. Oscar the Grouch doesn't like the way the cell phone towers look. Wait a minute. A guy who lives in a trash can is pissed because of the cell phone towers or damages the look of the neighborhood? Well, thanks for calling. What? Wait, what? but we didn't call you. You called us. Yeah, totally. No, nobody ever does. Nobody ever calls a prisoner. I can't. You can't. What? Okay, well, Why was Cookie Monster on the phone with the prisoner? I, I think our lines got crossed. I'm there. totally <laughs> confused. You said the name of the movie. Oh, oh so he called mean? into he the called bit in the middle of the call. He, he called into the middle of the bit. I got confused. Oh my god! And I'm looking Listen, at the script. Listen, in the end, I'm sure the monster and his pro <laughs> propensity for breaking <laughs> things happened? is a metaphor for Connor to learn how to deal with his anger and frustration or something. Anyway, they'll all live happily after. Are you sure about that? It's a movie, isn't it? The monster calls. Why did? Uh, sorry. Hello. I fucking killed my last John. I was raped and beat to fuck and was gonna get killed. All right, that was Shirley's throwing. And monster. Now I'm having to explain who's calling in, so the bit's over. That's the end of the bit. I've never heard of visionary director. J.A. Boyana. I can tell you what Bayona. he directed, and it's Bayona. a good movie. Bayona. Bayona? What is it? Bayona. Uh, the Impossible. Oh, you like that. Oh, you've mentioned uh, that. That's a Japanese lantern movie. No. Yes. Maybe. It's the one where they it's, light the lantern. and that they Tangled? All... No. Is that's the, the uh, one they're on the beach, tsunami? and then a giant tsunami comes, and the last thing that's nice of the That's the part lanterns. I remember. Yeah. They... Right? I remember the lanterns. <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor, Naomi Watts. It's very good. And Tom Holland, who is now our Spider-Man, yeah. came out of the scene in that movie and killed it. He was great, and Why I would cast him in anything. The fact that he's Spider-Man is awesome. Why didn't we do a Jolly Green Giant drop? Because he's not a monster. Not a monster. See, monster's the key mm. word there, honey. Oh, I just thought it was like a tall, get, gangly You got the reference Liam Neeson, isn't that good Oh, that's the I best. Am, it reminds yeah, me how Firthy great- Colin wedged in Colin Firthy. I got Colin- <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. Okay, let's talk about something totally awesome. So, forget this movie. So, I was watching Love Actually at Christmas time because I have to, and this time I chose to watch it with a commentary- and it was Liam, or it was uh, Colin, shoot, it was Hugh Grant, and it was the director, and it was the little boy, and then it was uh, not the science guy, Bill, he, Nye. Bill yeah. Nye. It was hysterical because every time Colin Firth would come on screen, Hugh Grant would just say, well, there he is. Well, he doesn't look as bad in this scene as usual. He's doing all right in this one. <laughs> you know, it's a shame that he's in this scene and I'm not doing my scene. It's just that stuff wow. the whole time. He'll turn and he goes, oh, there's that look again. That's Colin Firth look number six. It was <laughs> That awesome. was really funny. Wow. It was really but good. But speaking of visionary filmmakers, oh, it's yes. Richard, like, like Sir Richard Curtis. Richard, Sir Richard Curtis. <laughs> uh, yes. it's, to me, it's a roll of the dice. You really could get something very interesting, which is what this movie looks like. Or you could just get trees and water. Oh, this is the boy who has like, this grows in the garden movie. Well, to me. no, the, 
like uh, Timothy Green. Yeah. The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this is. Deep reference. Well, no, like I'm talking Terrence Malick's in uh, The Tree oh, of Life. Oh, I love yes. that movie. I did not dislike it. It oh worked dear. on me in weird ways days later. Yeah. Paul took this to me. But sometimes the visionary <laughs> filmmaker is the guy that sees a movie that isn't there, that everyone else just sees trees and water and go like, I don't see a movie. But Terrence That's Malick, just working with green screen today. Exactly. Mm. What did you like about that movie? Tree, the Tree of Life. Tree of Life, yeah. Um, I heard some review that called it a poem and a prayer, and that is what it, it was to me. It had this element of feeling. Can you um, explain the ending to me? Um, Does he go to heaven? Is that what that is? Th- that's sort of like the, it's. It's not clear whether it's heaven. And or why not. is Sean Penn just showing up on the beach? Why wouldn't you want Sean Penn to because just show up on the beach? Is that his son? No, his father? The, Sean Penn is so the young God. boy. Sh- the young boy is play the y- older version of that is Sean Penn. Sean Penn is the older version of that uh, young boy. Okay, I got that much. Did I not? Well, yeah, it's yeah, been a while. Yeah, been so a it's kind of like his father, only not ancestrally. Got it. Yeah, it's him. Oh, his him. movies are out there, man. Malik is out yeah. there. I liked everything between the opening uh, amoebic uh, planet yeah. cooling and dinosaurs oozing. Start after that and then stop right before they get to the beach at the end mm. where they're just wandering around. Everything in between with Brad Pitt and everything else was great, I thought. Yeah, I, I love all that stuff. I think the thing at the beach at the end is it's bringing, there's the the prayer the mother says when she finds out her son has died, mm-hmm. and she's she's always the one who believes in God and love over nature and violence. And so she has this prayer where she says, what are we to you? And then you have the sort of thing in the dinosaurs and all that, and then you go forward and back. And then that last moment on the beach is that sort of divine everyone coming together and having this uh, moment of seeing the whole picture. I think you're a visionary uh, viewer, audience member. <laughs> you have I'm to kind be of a glad you're here. Audience. Yeah, you saw things <laughs> I didn't see. What movie were we just talking about? <laughs> Tree, of Tree of Life. Life. Oh, okay. But back to the Groot movie. Is Uh-oh. it supposed to look like Groot? It looks just like Groot. It looks just Who's like Groot? Groot. Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. Groot. You know, yes, big Marvel, not does. a big Marvel yeah. fan? He does, he does. I, I don't even got the sticky you, hair. and. You went to such... Uh, depth to explain Tree of Life, I'm guessing you're not a Marvel fan. Well, here's the thing. I stopped going to action movies. Um, I just, I started hating them all pretty much after, I, w- I would say the, um, the, the Dark Knight, what one's that one? Returns? Rises? Rises. Rises. That's the one with the Joker. He's no, Dark Knight had the Joker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- the one with Heath Ledger, after that I was, I was basically done. I was like, I'm done. Um, that can fill you up. I, that one yeah. could be like, we're good, no, we're good. like for years, I don't need for a decade. Anymore. But I will tell you, when I saw Rogue One and I saw the trailer for Wonder Woman, I had an experience like I have not had at the potential of a superhero movie. Mm. Uh, maybe, ev- well, since I saw the trailer for Dark for the first um, Dark Knight, where I, I got so excited and um, I started to get almost like I wanted to jump <laughs> up and down. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's cool. Stoked. Well, that that DC Universe makes really, really bad movies. So oh. I really hope this one breaks out. They got to make something good. But yeah. that Man of Steel and the, yeah. the Batman vs. Superman, they're, yeah. they're not good. Please, Wonder Suicide Woman. Squad, bad, bad, bad. Please, Wonder but, Woman. But good director. Patty, it's Patty Jenkins, right? I, I, I didn't know who it was. Yeah, I think it's Patty Jenkins. So hopefully that's good. I am Wonder interested Woman. in this one. This, uh, in a monster calls. In me a monster too. Calls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm really? with you though. Like as soon as they call the guy visionary, that's when he starts making crap. Like yeah. suddenly they get all these great movies from uh, Guillermo del Toro, and now he's a visionary filmmaker, and we uh, get Crimson Peak. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not his <laughs> finest hour. You know? Oh, I wanted to love that movie so much more than I did. Yeah. And I'd be interested so cool. to see this movie to see what they make of it because it all seems pretty much on the surface in the trailer where he his mother's dying. The the dad is around somewhere. There's a there's a scene in the trailer mm-hmm. where the dad's giving him a stern talking to, and I don't think there's any discourse between mom and dad. Uh, he's getting bullied at school, and then the monster teaches him how to be a man. I don't know, score chicks. Sure. I don't know, maybe something like that. So I'll be curious. It's a lot like Daddy's Home, which <laughs> I saw over the break as well. You're playing a little. What did you see this week? Right? I'm on your own, sneaking you? it no, in because the thing is, they have to go and deal with bullies at school, and that's what they had to do in that movie. And Will Ferrell couldn't do it. No, that's where Mark and Wahlberg that's had where Mark in. Wahlberg came in. And Will Ferrell had to live his whole life not having stood up to his bully, but Mark Wahlberg taught him and the son something. It takes two dads, and they won by a dance off. <laughs> that's how all you know problems who, are solved. Uh, I liked it. You know what Daddy's Home needed. A visionary director. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it did just as well. I would say a couple own. hot moms. Uh, it, right, oh, our, uh, they have this oh. woman in there who's gorgeous. The one from uh, that TV show that we like that I can't think of the name of because it's kind of bland. Linda, she's going to be doing a movie oh, with Bill Murray. Oh, you're talking about Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. Bloodline Woo, is bland. Bloodline. I can't never remember the name. Linda Cardellini is really, mm, okay. Let's get to our final film sure. of the week. Hidden Figures. Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Mary Jackson stars three black women who worked for NASA. Now, Paul, this is what space needs, some sassy black women to keep it in line. You know, space is always messing with us, and it's about time we show it who's boss. They don't exactly go into space. It's not like... Oh, man. We don't we don't get to shoot Medea into space? No. I would love that. Could we, please? I'd okay, love well, to watch that. Well, let's focus on the movie at hand. Okay. All right, here we go. That would be so funny if Medea came across It's all headed there. Oh, my that, God. That's headed there. Fat bending. Watch your Medea kick butt. Medea in space. space. It's got to be a movie. God. Actually, you know what? With hidden figures, this seems like a good time to play. Guess, guess what it's about? Yes, oh, guess wow. what it's about. Where our co hosts try and figure out what a movie is about based solely on the title. So uh-huh. have at it, gang. Hidden figures. Uh, the unexpected sequel to Ben Affleck's hit, The Accountant. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. A history of 18th century women who fought back against the female corset. <laughs> or girdle. Hidden Either figures. One. I got right? it. Right? We're not good at this game. No. Oh. Let, let me give you a hint. Hidden okay. Figures comes on the heels of the passing of one of America's most legendary and celebrated space explorers. But enough about Carrie Fisher. We also lost John Glenn. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm with you now. <laughs> All right, uh, The year is 1961, and John F. Kennedy has dared America to be the first nation to put a man on the moon in response to the Russians who had just launched a spy satellite in their first a- attempt to hack stuff. Oh, there they go. Back then they started. They're hacking space. This is the untold story of these three people, starting from below scratch in the 60s, being black and a woman, who played an extremely important role in achieving one of America's most significant accomplishments. Ooh, making Diet Dr. Pepper taste more like real Dr. Pepper? No, the launching of Glenn as the first man into orbit around the Earth. Oh, but wait, you just said that this is the untold story. Yes, it is. Well, then it's no longer untold now. I mean... This movie is telling the story right now, so wouldn't that make it the never-before-told story until now? I mean, once this movie comes out, then the whole story's been told, and it's officially told. Am I right? Yes, you're very smart. Shut up. Thank you. With movies like The Help, Red Tails, Glory, The Great Debaters, The Butler, and Men of Honor, African-American contributions to history are in a dead heat with their contributions to untold stories. Many white men may be unaware that African-American women were crucial to this scientific accomplishment. Also black men, also women, actually. I don't think anyone but the author of this book and the women that lived these events knew about this. Is this based on a book, Paul? Oh, yeah, you were right, it is. 
Oh, so it is a movie. Yes. Actually, not only that, but there are hidden figures in the math, and the women are also figures hidden from history. That's a title that means two things. Wow, this is a super movie. What we need is a super cop. Taraji P. Henson plays Katherine G. Johnson, a genius mathematician. She's hired by NASA during a high point of racial tension in America because there's no such thing as separate but equal in calculus. In case this sounds too black, the movie also stars Kevin Costner, one of our whitest talents. These women do what not even the great Sheldon Cooper can do. Oh yeah, this movie also stars Jim Parsons of Big Bang Theory fame. And here he plays, wait for it, a scientist... Hey, dance with who brung you, I always say. It's what we call in the acting business a lateral move. Bazinga. Usually a movie about three people doing math might sound boring, but when those people are all three sassy black women, well, look out, math. Okay, would you stop it with the sassy black women stereotype? There's no protocol for women attending. There's no protocol for a man circling the earth either, sir. Every time we have a chance to get ahead, they move the finish line. I need to be in that room hearing what you hear. Within these walls, who makes the rules? You, sir, you are the boss. Okay, so there is a little sass. Mm. You happy? Very. All right, like eventually the contri contributions of black women to the space program were honored by Neil Armstrong when he said, One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Leaving out the word white entirely. <laughs> he kept man in there, though. Yeah. yeah. They did all this, and Mariah Carey can't even get through a song she's been singing since 1991. <laughs> and that's the story of NASA's first successful mission, putting women in jobs they're qualified for regardless of their race and sex. There you go. And if time remaining, flying into space. This is good that we get to see what NASA really accomplished. We don't have a NASA anymore. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, NASA exists, but we don't do anything. We, we, the shuttle program is done. Yeah. We're not putting anything into low Earth orbit anymore. Mars, 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 but yeah, it's, that's a, true. it's a crawl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen until like the 2030-somethings. And private entrepreneurs may get there before NASA. Yeah. Guys like Musk and Branson, they want to send people into space. You saw that crazy center. space movie where they have people in going up to space and they're all hibernating and stuff. Passengers. Passengers, yeah. We're not doing anything like that. We're not doing. We are not. Like that. That's a bummer. I know some people like I'd like movie, to send. They to space. found other planets we could colonize, uh, so they go there. I see. We haven't found that yet. Have you no. ever been out to like Cape Canaveral to or space? Kennedy no. Space Center? Yeah, we used to dock right near there. Yeah, we worked on a cruise oh, ship that mm -hmm. left out of Port we Went through the tour. So, yeah, we took the uh, just the general tour. We never saw a launch. They always launched when we were oh. out at sea. We were never. Yeah, they probably did that. That would have been the greatest. That'd be something. We landed a man on the moon with less. Technology, calculator, or what is it? Computer technology than most uh, handheld calculators. Our phones have now. could do it now, yeah. Seriously, it's amazing, and they took yeah. up rooms mm -hmm. like yeah. huge. I remember going through the tour, and they're showing us the computers they used, which were like three stories tall, and there's like six of them. Amazing, but anyway, sassy black women doing math sounds like a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, um, this one it looks like for Karen. I mean, I should say. But I see you liking this because it's like Ghostbusters. They're not doing it for a man. They're, they're not just doing, doing it because they're smart. They're just I doing love it that. They're smart and great at what they yeah. do. Yeah. So that's always a good direction to go with your. And it, and it reminds me of yeah. the right movie. stuff. Do you guys remember that movie, The Right mm -hmm. Stuff? Absolutely. Oh, how great is that movie? I, I, right Stuff and Apollo 13. Anything that comes out of like the 1960s space race movie, I love these movies. Just, just what balls we had. We're doing yeah. nothing now. This will be the same and thing. And you saw the trailer, John. Yeah. Someone plays John Glenn in the movie. Oh, I can't yeah. remember who it is, but. I really always like it when you see a bunch of people at a chalkboard doing math, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get really excited by math, and I think the more we can 
get people to get excited about doing math, the better. You know where they do math in movies. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. That's great. I agree. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but it yeah. does look hard math. and exciting. I'm a big fan. Do you listen to Star Talk? Mm-mm. Neil, oh, Neil is it still on? Uh, yeah. It's oh, okay. podcast. Neil deGrasse Tyson's oh. a podcast. It used to be on NPR, oh, 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 right? Okay. Well, it's on uh, Hulu. They still videotape oh, okay. it from the Natural History Museum and, this, and the Hayden Planetarium. And you want to feel smarter, just listen to that show for an hour. You come out the other side. But they had on that show a recording of two black holes crashing into uh-huh. one another. A re- audio recording from the other side of the like the, the universe. That's so cool. It's but so how cool. could you disprove that that didn't happen? Yeah. Hey, like, this is this is hey, this is Bart two black and I holes. could just bring you a noise yeah. and be like, guess what this is? Guess what this is? Two black holes making like, out. If you're just. gonna if you're gonna make it up, wouldn't you make up something a little bit more exciting? This is two black holes crashing, <laughs> and then a monster comes out. That's a good point. And yep. then a sassy black lady goes up there and goes, "No, nah, I'm black hole." Me here in Don't say monster. All right, all right. This looks like a great movie. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope it doesn't get too heavy. It looks like it might get a little, you know, issuey. Well, they, they should. Yeah, yeah there's the a lot 60s, of issues. The 60s got issues that come into them. Yeah. Yeah. Still, in oh, retrospect. Yeah. They got retrospect issues. And we got issues coming to us now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's maybe mm-hmm. a little nicer to think back and be like, oh, do, we don't have those issues anymore. Yeah, yeah oh. Or, or do, do we? Yeah. She's right. Oh, if they have that sort of throwback metaphor, I'd be like, I'd be curious to see I was just thinking about your black hole uh, information you were just doing. Oh, okay. I just yeah. about his black hole. I was just thinking about your black hole. Uh, and the sound, and it just reminded me of that great scene in Ghostbusters where- When you hear the sound my black hole makes? They pull her over to the recording and they go, look, hole. we got this recording. Yeah. And it's a little fart noise. And she put her face in there. I love that. <laughs> and she said, does it make any difference that it came from the front? <laughs> I love that. That's the best. Have you seen Ghostbusters? I have not. Oh, it's so good. You're so stupid. All go right. See it. Did you see that, Karen? Yes, I okay. saw that. Uh, have I you saw updated that us all the movies you've seven seen times the in the theater, and I saw it one more time recently, so I've seen it eight times. Uh-huh. And I thought about it on the way to the third, <laughs> so the seventh time, so it was almost like seeing it nine times, because then on the way home, I replayed it all. Uh, you're also going to see Oscar mm-hmm. nominations with this movie. Oh, yeah. I, I thought the title Hidden Figures was a sexist title. I did, too. I didn't like I thought the they fact were like, that women it, has figures. I'm like, yeah. oh, they're, they're women That's and immediately where I went to like women in, right? in girdles. That's yeah. what I because it was it's the a 60s term type thing. Yeah. Well, there's I guess there's that, but <laughs> all right, enough new movies and what Karen's seen in the last two weeks. Let's get <laughs> I want to know more about what Karen has seen. Right? We're going to get to know more about our guest. Oh yeah, let's do that. The author of three books, whose newest Angel Meat comes out on, and that's M E A T. M E A T. It's important to make the comes difference. out on January 17th. Mm. You can pre-order it now. Looking at our book titles, I know I'll be reading one of them: long form religious porn. Great title for a book. And this year, Laura's uh, debut feature as writer-director, Boned, won Best Micro-Budget Feature at the Toronto Independent Film Festival and is currently distributed through Gravitas. And that'll put you out onto, uh, what, Vudu, iTunes, Amazon, where you can watch the film and more? Like, pretty much. You go to the website, bonedthemovie.com. Right down the bottom, it lists everywhere you can see it, and it's everywhere. Um and you can also uh, learn more about her from our upcoming conversation with Laura Lee Barr, everybody. Hey, it's me. It's me. Now, micro-budget is actually a category within the SAG, right? Yes. Right? So there's a deferment or something. And what is a micro-budget? Under 250 Under 100 Uh, Under $100,000. Wow. Okay. See, kids, this is what you can do with less than $100,000. Yeah. You don't need macro-budgets. Yeah, there's two things well, that, sh- I mean, Bai Ling is in your film. Yes, she is. Right? She's wonderful in it. 
She's having she fun. She's. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I think her performance is 100% one of the best roles <laughs> that you know i think it's just she does such an amazing job with it i think if you're a biling fan at all you're just gonna love it. Well, let's wait, say wait, we wait. aren't who is biling oh, wait, well, and where would i have seen her where to become a would fan i have seen her um she was in the crow or she was in star wars she was in um many many she was in the wild wild west oh. she has a an imdb list you know out the wazoo she's she's well, one of those people stupid. She's one of those people that um, maybe she's a cult hero, but people know her name. Like cool. when you, she also did a, a couple awesome episodes of Celebrity Rehab. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Was she rehabbing or just in there doing? The, stuff? You know, she's she's known for being. Um, she has a very passionate personality. Let me guess. She has a big appetite for life. This is the way they like to describe <laughs> addicts she, she, and, and booze hounds. But, but I mean, actually, she's uh, she's. I know she was on it, but she does not seem to me to have an addictive personality at all. She has, she is a wonderfully hard worker. When we had her, um, when she agreed to do the movie, um, she came in with everything completely memorized, which I know is, uh, one would think that that would just be happening. Well, for film, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but <laughs> a lot of times, no. She came in yeah. with huge, she had giant monologues. She came in, knew them top to bottom, Time after time after time after time after time, right. always in character, lovely to work with, um, gorgeous. Well, let's let's veer back then to her character and her character's uh, role in the whole plot. Explain mm -hmm. us the movie, Boned. So um, I'm a huge fan of classic noir. So Boned is basically my sort of Valentine to uh, the working actor of Los Angeles today and to um, classic noir. It is. Um, in classic noir, they would say, uh, you know, this is the underbelly, the real side of Los Angeles that you don't ever see. And for me, I'm like, that's your hustling working actor yeah. <laughs> who every day, you know, never gets their huge break, but is day after day after day, never giving up and constantly hustling for gig after gig after gig. Well, so, let's come back to that on the other side of this little clip from the trailer. What do you do for a living? I'm an actor. <laughs> oh, shit. But honey, we can't afford a new mattress. You got an audition? Sorry. Whatever. When I don't make enough as an actor, I walk dogs. It is illegal for you to not pick up after your dog. Ah! No, you get, get back here. Find a guy, get married while you still can. I, I think I might need your services. You've come to the right place then because I have a way with dogs. So there it is. She's uh, she's got the job that makes money. Now the guy comes into her life. I imagine everything goes great after that. <laughs> um, yeah, the beautiful and amazing uh, one of my sheroes, um, uh, Angela Landis. I'm uh, sorry. Did you just say sheroes? I did. Okay. I did that on purpose. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm wearing the like shirt that. that says I make films like a girl. I'm, I'm doing my girl Wonder Woman. I'm doing my girl <laughs> stuff today. Um, so Angela Landis plays this um, actress, dog walker. And um, she gets enlisted in a um, with a client, a very handsome doctor played by the always amazing Josh Randall. Um, so she gets enlisted to take care of a Maltese. Her partner uh, kind of steals the guy from underneath her, played by the wonderful Robin Cohen. And um, then her partner ends up getting shot 
and the dog gets stolen, oh. leaving our hero, Samantha Marlowe, <laughs> played by Angela Landis, uh, to hunt down the missing Maltese and find out just how deep those lies go. The, she thought she knew the CD underbelly of it. Right, yeah. right. And there's a dominatrix with a band of goths who is on her trail. You should have led with that. <laughs> <laughs> she did, because that's Bai Ling. Oh. That's Bai Ling. Is this Kate also Beckinsale uh, could be in that movie, it sounds like to me. Or at least her ass. Right? Uh-huh. Oh, definitely. Is this also a short, or is it a feature length? It's a feature. Oh, okay. Wow. You can't that, do all that in a short. I was thought, I was this is why I asked. Minute, I'm like, I thought it was a short. No, it's a feature? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> that's why I asked, Karen. It's like, this is a lot going that's on. That's a lot. Yeah. How are we going to wrap this up in 20 it's, minutes? It's, 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 it's a feature. It's a sit down, eat your popcorn, oh, wake up an hour later. So it's always a trick. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you uh, get by Ling? Um, Friend, one, favor. One of, one of our producers. Did you, did you witness one of her transgressions? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I had some dirt I on you. I owe you. <laughs> uh, one of her, our producers, um, Kirk Ruse, uh, knew oh, her. Oh, fancy producer. Yeah, movie. We have fancy you got producer. producers on your movie. <laughs> fancy producer. Uh, he introduced me to her. Oh, wow. And then I, you know, gave her the, please, 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 please do my movie, please, please. And, then and she, that worked? And she, you know, she got tired of my crying. Well, that's well, fantastic. Actually, to what she said, it was so sweet. She said, I would love to work with such a passionate director. Oh, that's good. All the crying worked into yeah. passionate. Yeah. yeah. So how long uh, were you shooting? Um... Because what I'm curious about is, Bindling is, is a commodity. I actually knew the name. I don't really know yeah. her work. And so for somebody to commit to a micro-budget yeah. independent film, yeah. um, you know, a day or two is no big deal. But if you want them for a week, yeah. that cuts into their earning potential yeah. and other stuff. She was only, we only had her for two days. Oh, okay. There so that makes you sense. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we go. had her for exactly. two days. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. But I we, should make movies. Right? <laughs> we, we kept her locked up in a in a hot mansion. <laughs> That's what, those were her days, though. Oh, that sounds all right. Yeah, it was it was really cool. There's a there's a place. I mean, it's still there. It's called the Mead House. It's on the top of Los Feliz, and it's this gorgeous mansion that was made um, it, like around the founding of Griffith Park, and it was in the process of going through a transition of owners, and we got this location that is just it, it was so. There's cool tons to be there. of those. It's so you don't know how many awesome places there are tucked in the in the I hills. I know. So it's, so you end up there for some reason you didn't think about. And yeah, I think you filmed film. something. Cooper Barrett, you went to somebody's house. Yeah, I went to a amazing. huge mansion. I'm like, oh, a Kardashian lives here. Turns out it was owned by the guy who invented the MRI. Oh, And I wow. said, I, I want that guy to have a mansion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want him and veterans to, to, to have mansions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, so. though, if I invented the MRI, I would not be living in L.A. I'm sure that was one of his houses. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 but you, you had said that this house was in transition. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Just just go through the uh, the TV guide and see what shows have been canceled. Yeah. And then figure out who owns, <laughs> who, who's the executive producer on that show and where uh, they live. Yeah. You could probably shoot in that house for, uh, for cheap. Funny. <laughs> Yeah. So then, did you you had this festival run? Uh, anything other than Toronto? Did you play out? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, let's see. I'm sorry. My brain is like um, my memory is like it, it's like a big holy thing, and then I have to kind of fish in there and try and find and catch it. Um, so we were in Portland. We She's had a, a visionary director. <laughs> I'm the visionary. I'm the visionary. I got a lot in here. We were Easy. In, let's not t- say things we can't take back, Karen. <laughs> oh, that's right. We had this wonderful screening in Portland. In fact, I was I was like, what did I do last New Year's? And we were in Portland um, at the McMenamins. They have these. Um, 
old buildings that they make into movie theaters and cool. hotels and things like that. So we were at a place that used to be a church, and uh, we had a wonderful screening there. Um, we were um, at the Valley Film Festival. That was at the Lemleys. It's just right down the street. Mm-hmm. We had a wonderful screening there, and that was super cool. So those were like our um, festival runs. And, and then the Toronto. picked it up. That's pretty yeah, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really... It was, it and was now like, everyone can see it. Right. Is this your first first feature length? This is my first feature as writer and director. Oh, wow. Well, let's get to that writer part of your uh, of your shenanigans. Angel Meat is the new book coming out January yeah. 17th. So now you can go to Amazon, click and put it in your cart and pre-order it and do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, what is this all about? So Angel Meat's a collection of short stories. Um, uh, primarily, I write horror, bizarro... This has got some horror stories, it's got some science fiction, it's got some contemplative fiction, um, and it's got a kind of more vulnerable bio piece. And they all are connected by being basically part of me. They feel like a collection of my heart. and that's So they should be diverse. Yeah, they yeah. are very diverse and they are very... Um, they have a wide appeal, I feel. So a lot of those stories are, um, whereas something like, say, long-form religious porn may not be for your grandmother, or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know our grandmother. I don't know your grandmother. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's not from my grandmother. <laughs> 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 but, you know. Um, but uh, I think the angel meat has something for everyone. It might be for Sigourney Weaver type grandma. Oh, oh. nice callback. That's the hardest <laughs> since, since like, you. remember we were sad when Susan Sarandon played a grandma and yeah. Tammy. That wasn't mm. right either. No. Mm. Hollywood's yeah. got to change that up. Mm, no more grandmas. <laughs> but Stop having kids. Now, were some of these stories pre-published? I know you've published in the anthologies. Yeah, and here yeah. Yes, um... Uh, many of them were um they were in things there was one there's a couple that were in uh, demons and psychos actually the one that's in psychos and serial killers is one of my favorite my favorite what stories is psychos and serial killers it is a anthology of different stories about different psychologically depraved human beings and it was published by black dog and leventhal it's Where does one that of those come out? It, it came out in 20 oh, so it was, it's not 13. an ongoing thing it's like it was yeah, one. yeah well, it's it, not an encyclopedia it's not like the top students every year or something <laughs> you I, don't know know. I don't know if it was like a fangoria type oh, of thing. it's they, always out there it, it, there's um Black Dog and Leventhal made a series of anthologies. One's werewolves, one's vampires, one's, you know, um, ghosts. And you know, so they're all different stories about different monsters. Nice, Paul. Oh, have sorry. a call. Yes. Uh, what? Oh. Did someone say monsters? Uh, that's, there's a yeah, little that's vibrating. Right. I should have. She is on it. She's on it. Callback queen right here. <laughs> I'm going to fly out there for the day just to straighten you out. Exactly. exactly. That was Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah, it was. I wish he'd done that as Trump. <laughs> yeah, this is the man. Anyway, anyway, that we're making fun of Trump. This this man threatened to beat his child. Anyway, really, that's who he's talking about. Uh-huh. That's all right. Trump is threatening to take away children's health care. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Politics always brings this show down. Let's just move back onto arts, please. Sorry, that's sorry, so much more entertaining. Um, yeah, so there are these different anthologies. And um, so one of them that I'm most proud of is uh, one called The Liar. And it takes place in Utah in the... Um, in the 80s and the story is about uh it takes the point of view as a a seven-year-old girl and uh she's 
um, at dinner with her family and they start talking about the fact that there have been um, children messing and that she needs to be very careful to make sure that everybody that you know she always that people always know where she is she doesn't get in with any strangers and her older sister who is uh, 16 and a very troubled child basically starts arguing with her parents and uh, later the sister comes in and basically says mom is scared because she doesn't know who killed all those kids but I do and uh, the little girl says who and she says well I'll, I'll tell you he's in the basement and so it's a <laughs> creeping me out, just telling me this, <laughs> right? So it's a it's a lovely little story about a serial killer who is in the basement, or maybe not, maybe not. Mm. Um, so um, there's uh, there's a story called The Liar. There's a story called Happy Hour, which is um, it's basically a guy in a bar and he sees this girl who's so beautiful and he um, starts to try and pick her up and uh, she tells him flat out, you know, uh, I'm interested in you, but you should know about me. Um, I was possessed by a demon and I have had an exorcism performed on me. Are you still interested? That sounds like somebody you would date, Bart. <laughs> oh, yeah, almost exclusively. <laughs> right, so the other story was Utah. This one's definitely LA. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. I just assume all women are like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're not telling that, me anything new. That explains the behavior. <laughs> I don't think they got all of it. I think yeah. you need to go back. For we might need thing. to go back in and do some more exorcism. So these are from your mind. Yeah. Do you uh, do you enjoy the gore or just the psychological drama? Do you like going to a movie and watching guts and blood? And I'm I'm much more uh, my actually my favorite movies of the past um, besides La La Land, which is like my new favorite movie. It's so bloody long. mess that movie. Uh, I love it so much. Um, besides that, my favorite movies tend to be um, a particular type of horror movie, and mm -hmm. I would say that um, most of them um, have been directed by women. They're more psychological, and they're more kind of get-inside creepy type that's of That's stuff. a woman for you. That's exactly that's a, she's right. Gonna get, she's going to get under your skin. Uh -huh, a man's just going to come and stab you in the neck. Yeah, right? blood, blood and guts are not really that meaningful, I think, to women. We, <laughs> we are used to it. Which <laughs> 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 It's a little bit more like, oh, <laughs> A horror movie every month, but but well played. But there's something about the um, the thing that having the external um, monster that um, comes from. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was <laughs> sorry, late. I'm, I'm sitting there like. <laughs> fucking difficult. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, that you you have this this. You can externalize it, and then you can really look at it. For example, I don't. Did you guys see the Babadook? No, but we did. T we did preview the Babadook. Yeah, Actually, it was we did not. What? Did we didn't. I don't think we did. We did I Babadook think jokes. I know I had Babadook jokes. Oh, really? Yeah. You might just because I never got a major release. So I don't know if we talked. I did see it though. I saw it. I that that's a movie that I just love. It's the Australian I, one, right? Yeah. 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 I, we talked. We did. Oh, okay, maybe. I I love that movie because of I I thought that it um. It dealt with something that I'd never seen a horror movie or any movie really deal with as far as like guilt and denial and um, a mother that wanting was the, to kill her child. Well, that was the <laughs> woman who had the child. plastic surgery may not have been the mother. It was no, a Joan Rivers story, no, right? No, that, that one oh. is, I think you're thinking of Good Night, Mommy. Good Night, Mommy. Yeah, yes. that one was really interesting. That was creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also did Good Night, Mommy on the show, but I know we did yes. Bob Duke. Yeah, maybe we did. Maybe. I'm thinking Marmaduke. I was thinking maybe maybe <laughs> when I because when I saw it, I thought it was seeking out some like fringe movie that was out there. You know, I didn't yeah. know if we talked about it on the show. We try and keep it a broad audience, but um, yeah, 
but I thought uh, that the Babadook itself was a pretty interesting creation. Reminds yeah. me a lot of the Bye Bye Man that's coming out oh, soon. I think yeah. that's next week. Yeah. You know, that's I don't know if they're, but there's teenagers in that, so I don't think it's a remake. But looks like another shadowy creature yeah. who shows up, you know, unwanted and all that. Yeah. But let's take that into what is your? We ask this of everyone who comes on the show. You're talking about your favorite movies. What's your favorite of all time? So um, my favorite of all time, I have to be, I have to be true to Raiders of the Lost Ark. I can't. Oh, what? Go. I know. Has this ever happened before, Paul? Paul, that's your this favorite movie. It's like the fifth movie. or sixth time. Oh. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is my favorite movie of all oh, time. And it? people come in here and they say it all the time. It, I'm, I'm keeping track. All I think it's our winner. So I think it's like oh. five. Yeah. Paul Osborne. Justin Bowler, mm. uh, and then two or three other people. Yeah, they're all his boyfriends. Yeah, all his yeah. friends. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's great. I, I mean, it's... What's it, your favorite Tom Cruise movie? <laughs> Born on the Fourth of July? See, she has one. Yeah, Everyone does. Yeah. Well, you have to, yeah. Let's yeah. get back to Raiders. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much a... It's a perfect movie. It's the first movie... I, I mean, when I saw it... Um, I, it, it feels like the first movie I ever saw. I think every movie I saw then was a cartoon, or I, I don't know, but it feels like the first movie I ever loved. And, and I wanted to be that movie. Like, I wanted to live that movie, every single frame of it. And um, so I saw that, I can't even tell you how many times I saw it in the theater, I saw it in video. I saw it you know, every time they had a, one of those, oh, we're gonna play all the movies, I'd see it again and, and what's again. great is they, they I, we live in a town where they show it in a theater the at least yeah. once a year. Yeah. You can go and see it in the yeah. theater. In fact, this year, earlier, I saw it um, down at the Pacific Amphitheater with live orchestra accompaniment oh, from wow. the Pacific Symphony. Oh, wow. So they just pulled all the, all the music out of the oh, audio and played along with the, oh, it was great. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. It's great. And so I see something different every time. Yeah. The last time I watched it, which was about a year ago, I I, I watched it as a director, which I'd never done before. Oh, yeah. So I really started analyzing the shots. And the thing that's amazing about it is thinking about what it read like on the page. And I haven't read the script. But what you could imagine on the page of that movie and what you see on the screen can be very different in terms of tone. The The movie itself has such a brightness and a lightness to it. And a lot of that is the way it's edited and the, the way it's the colors in it. And Harrison Ford's performance is so, um, so... Underplayed, it, I mean, in my opinion. Yes, it, yes, but it, it is underplayed. But, you know, he, he has this self-awareness um, of as if... You know, like he laughs as he's like somebody's laughing at their own jokes. <laughs> you know, someone who's, <laughs> who's oh, I did that. <laughs> oh, I did that. <laughs> and it's it, it it allows you as a viewer to um to really have that sense of joy in it as well. He's not this long suffering. I mean, he suffers a lot, but he he takes it in this in this way that makes it it it's just joy. You're right. It is joyful. Yeah. And those editing or those action scenes are edited and like you mentioned the editing and it's shot in a way so as not to over overdo it you right. know what i mean like i still talk about the movie all the time it's like you see some action movie cutting all around like crazy yeah. for some reason i give paul greengrass a pass but everyone else i'm like why are you cutting around all this great stuff especially when the stuntmen are risking their lives and everything in uh, raiders of lost ark is just there for you to see yeah and they just pull it off magically i will say that i watched uh, ghostbusters recently um the new one i had know that <laughs> i just want to say this has something exactly to do with what we're talking about so they have extra features and you can go through and watch the fight scene that happens at the end 
and they made it very CGI, and I think they spent way too much money on it, and it's kind of a bummer because it made the movie more expensive. However, they showed the fight choreography with actual people would come out, and they were on like those little springy things, and they would flip, and as they were doing all the real fight choreography, they imposed the CGI on top of them. Had they just left it with these people in ghosty costumes, it was really amazing. Yeah. It was so like Jackie impressive. Jackie Chan stuff, probably. Right? Oh my God! People were on wires, and it was amazing. And wow. the actors would literally, whenever someone would do something, the person would flip over as they motioned, as if they had the gun with the stream. It was fascinating. Wow. Then they put all the CGI on it, and you just went, whatever. Yeah. And this has to do with and Raiders Lost Ark. How? Because you could they did see, too much. Oh, okay. yeah, they did too much. You could actually appreciate the fight when you saw yeah. the people in reality, but then they put the CGI on it, and I didn't care because I'm not connected to the people anymore. Yeah. But in Raiders, you can actually see the different people they're fighting, and you're connected to it. Yeah. Oh, that scene at the at the plane when he's got to steal the oh ark. Oh my yeah. gosh! I mean, Amazing. he gets in that fight, and then the mechanics oh. involved, and mm-hmm. the oil starts spilling, and the 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 trucks full of soldiers pull up. I mean, it's just one thing on top of another yeah. timed so well edited. So you never lose track of anything. Yeah. Uh, just, it's brilliant. That, that scene is brilliantly edited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How it's can you tell every time this comes up, I just can't help. How do you know it was brilliantly edited it, unless you know the source footage? Well, so, well, you can know by the way, first of all, the timing of it, how it how it's timed in the way that the story unfolds. Mm-hmm. Because how long do they linger on that shot of the gasoline? Well, maybe that's going. all they had. Maybe they wanted to go longer, but they only had three <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Well, now you're rooting for it to be well, a failure. No, I I believe in good editing, but and I've seen it, but only because I've been a part of the process. But when you show me a final mm-hmm. film, I don't know if the good editing was editing or you just had all the shots you needed. In the in the in the way you needed them, and you just put them together. But you, I mean, you can see. Show well, me the block you started with to trim this down. Because you wouldn't. St- well, you know that they have to make cuts in that clip, no matter what. So sure. no matter what, where they choose to move in and out of the scene, where they choose to blink, is a choice. So that's already the choice. I'm here. Now I'm here. That's a choice. How long you're at looking but at But I don't know what other choices were available to him because I don't know the source footage. Meaning That's that's right? true. I mean there, But did you like the scene? If you didn't, it's bad editing. <laughs> I see I mean, I'm not sure if I don't is, like though. it. There's well, a bad shooting. You didn't have you didn't give the editor enough to work with to make the scene work. I mean the truth is yeah. I, and and honestly, especially now, um and maybe when everything was shot on film it might have been a different story, but I, I don't think so. The editor is as much a, the creator of the story as anyone else. And the, if your director is a visionary <laughs> and is hovering <laughs> over your poor editor's shoulder like I did in Bone, wait, wait, ooh, ooh, uh, wait, oh, yeah, uh, okay. So if you have, you can have a close relationship with mm-hmm. the editor. But, but for example, Boned, everything... Our editor, Joe Mikan, who an amazing, amazing editor. I'm sure he's great. Uh, the way that the things that they can do is something that feels a little flat or feels like it doesn't quite work or feels like it just didn't quite ride. They can take the timing of that. In, in a way, an editor is, is like an actor who can make a perfect performance. The editor makes the actor. The That's editor true. makes everybody. Without the editor, you've got nothing. Taking it back to bare bones, if you've got a shot of a guy standing there looking at camera, right? Mm -hmm. 
and then you cut to like a hot plate of food, right? This is bare basic stuff. Then you cut back to the exact same shot of the guy. You go, I like that actor. He looked like he was hungry. But, you know, it's not. It's just the editing, and then you think he's hungry. He's That's acting hungry. Acting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he funny. has made the, I mean, the, you, the response time this. an actor can have to someone can completely be in the way the scene was cut. It could save an actor's performance Absolutely. in editing. I'll say that this explanation has gotten closer to convincing me that you can see good ed- editing on the on the screen not knowing the source. So now, I, I will, would, but I would, so I'm, I'm I would, working with you. I would suggest that you don't see it. But it's happening to you anyway. I want to say that you have a point when it comes to someone selecting best editor because we don't know what their source material was. Uh, this is what I'm so saying. So you might have a brilliant director who gives them all sorts of great stuff. And the other guy might have just had an idiot That's who just right. kept putting a film on the guy That's with a plate true. of food. And that first <laughs> guy you. had a maid, and the second guy made something out of a plate of food and a dude with his hand in his pocket. You know, we had the great Mike you know J. Saying? Nichols in here talking anyway, about Star Wars so yeah. during right. Rogue One. I'm going to get him in here and just do this. Once explain it to you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's exactly. But you're right. You can't. I don't think you should judge artists against each other. But that's a whole other thing. But that's exa- that's more the point. I'm. Well, I'm you're trying to say you. like, how do we know Leonardo DiCaprio was the best actor in The Revenant? Because not everyone did The Revenant. Maybe, yeah. maybe someone else <laughs> could have done The Revenant. Could have done The Revenant. There could have been a chick out there who would have done The Revenant just as well or better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all we know, uh, yeah. Meryl we don't know what performance he did that mm-hmm. just ended up on the cutting room floor. It could have been the editor. All the editor, right? <laughs> hey, every best actor should just give it to the editor. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get on to the. Wrapping up the show the oh. best way we know how with our grand finally. Uh-oh. Karen's look at the birthdays of the people who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. All right. Well, let's see if we can get through this together. I put the font really small, so we'll see if I can read it. Let's start off our week of birthday by wishing a very happy birthday to Mr. Kevin Costner. Love Kevin him. Costner turns 61. 61. How did you know that? I thought he was like 60. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can play anywhere from a baseball player to a NASA scientist. And matter of fact, he is doing that this week in Hidden Figures, which we discussed earlier. I always think it's kind of fun to go back and get a little history of where these people came from. Turns out that he went to Cal State Fullerton and he majored in business. How nice is that? What? Mm-hmm. I know. This is the weirdest how he got to fame you're going to hear in a while. He met Richard Burton on a flight from Mexico one time, and that all changed. He no longer wanted to be a business major. Burton advised him to go completely after acting if that's what he wanted, so he quit his job and he moved to Hollywood. And while he was here, he drove a truck, he worked on a deep-sea fishing boat, and he gave bus tours to Star's homes before finally making it in the films. And even then, his first movie was a soft-core sex film. (gasps) Hubba hubba. Yes. Fandango? I, I don't I know which one it was. was that, that's the good one. But he said he's not going to work again as an actor if that's the only work that he could do. So he didn't work for about six years. And he waited for a proper break, at which time he got a part in the big chill. Guy in Coffin. But his his all of his scene scenes did I try, did were on the I, cutting room floor. Oh, bad editing. Ah, uh, <laughs> bad editing. That. Or good editing. But... <laughs> He did such a good job that legendary and visionary director Lawrence Kasdan <laughs> said, Writer you know. of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. right? Damn straight. There you mm-hmm. go. He decided to do Silverado and used him in that. And that's when his career took off. So one day you're given store to what tours of Star's homes. Next day you're in a porn. 
and then bam, visionary director finds you. <laughs> and you're in Silverado. Oh, that old story. That's yeah. the old story. And it all started by being a business major. See, Paul, that's where you went wrong. Fun fact. Yes. I insist on all my facts being fun, Laura. Oh, good. I have some later. <laughs> Look okay, for Kevin Costner as an extra in the morgue party scenes of Night Shift. That's right. He's Absolutely. I saw students. him as a college student. Yeah, he's really Th- funny. Throwing a kegger. Yeah, he doesn't have any lines. He's in there somewhere? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, that's very, very fun. Um, he had the lead in Air Force One originally, which was written for him and... Uh, he couldn't do it because he was heavily involved in The Postman. Mm-hmm. And the part was given lot, to Harrison Ford. A lot going on in The Postman. A lot going on with The Postman. Mm. But Costner and Ford's casting choices have crossed paths many times before. Harrison Ford turned down the part of Jack Ryan in The Hunt for Red October. As did Kevin Costner. They both turned it down. Harrison Ford instead made Presumed Innocent. And Costner went on to make Dances with Wolves. And that role, I believe, went on to Alec Baldwin. I love Alec Baldwin <laughs> in that movie. So it was win, win, yeah. win, everybody. It's one of right? those situations where you're like, really? Kevin Costner? No. Maybe Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harrison Ford turned down the role of Jim Garrison and Oliver Stone's JFK. No kidding. What? Uh-huh. I'm learning oh, stuff. I, well, that's what I'm here for, to entertain wow. and educate. Kevin Costner then decided to take the role after a meeting with the director meeting with director Oliver Stone. So he ended up in JFK. Legendary director. Legendary legendary visionary, visionary director. And here, a fun fact. Oh, Because yes. you like that. The full frontal scene and for love of the game that Kevin Costner did was reportedly deleted after it met with laughter at one of the <gasps> test screenings. Eee, Yikes. That's now, which a bummer. One, for love of the uh, baseball one. Baseball yeah, game. he's always playing a baseball player. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did draft day. Right for the Cleveland Browns, he did. He did draft day. I I thought maybe he showed a schlong in that because why not? It's Cleveland. I don't. I don't (laughs) (laughs) But that's all our Kevin Costner birthday news. But But, I yes. Let me just say, he's awesome. But he is great. Dances with Wolves, Untouchables, No Way Out, The Bodyguard, Waterworld, Field of Dreams, Bull Durham, Mm -hmm. Bull Durham, Bull Durham. He's awesome. And he was good in uh, Three Days to Kill. JFK, come on. I saw him in that. One with the flying, uh, flying Tom Cruise, wasn't he in that? With no. The flying Tom Am I Cruise? wrong? What are you talking about? <laughs> Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince yeah, of yeah, Thieves. Yeah, Robin Hood, oh. Prince of Thieves. Oh, I liked him in that. No, I was just uh, Top Gun. Isn't he in Top Gun? No. No. Oh, nice. You truck. saw Val Kilmer. Val Keep Kilmer. <laughs> that is a flying Tom Cruise, though. Uh, I should have known you. that. Right. Anyway, so let's wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Mel Gibson, what? who turned sixty. But he can play anywhere from angry to deranged. Oh, and a monster, actually. <laughs> and he can play a monster. <laughs> ah, tried. <laughs> He's probably best known for Braveheart, which he almost turned down the role of Wal- William Wallace because he thought he was too old for the role. So he asked the producers if he could just direct it instead. So they compromised and said, if you do the movie as an actor, we'll also let you direct it. What kind of balls do you... Look, I really don't want to act in this, but tell you what. Put me in charge of everything. (laughs) They said his eyes weren't old enough. His eyes were so blue that in order to make him look older, they had to put in gray contacts as he aged. Is that the same problem you have? All the time. This is an awesome week of birthdays. I'm telling you, it's it's only two, but they're both great. (laughs) Lethal Weapon, (laughs) Mad Max, Gallipoli, The Year of Living Dangerously, Ransom, Flying Tom Cruise movie. He's awesome. (laughs) Tell me, on the uh, I'm bringing up flying because he played a pilot in four movies. Paul Preston, what are those movies? Uh, Air America. Air America yes. is one of them. Uh, 
That's all I got. Did, did uh, others he was in? Bird on a Wire. Bird on a Wire. Oh, Forever horrible. Young and Ransom. Uh, Forever Young. That's all. Oh, and Ransom, he owned an airline. Oh, that's Ransom. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he was a pilot. He owned He owned a lot of planes. All right, now get this. He was offered the role of Elliot Ness on The Untouchables, but had to decline what? because he was already working on Lethal Weapon, and it went to Kevin Costner, our other birthday boy. Wow. Crazy. It's <laughs> a circle. vicious cycle you got it going on here. Do you like Lethal Weapon? Uh, I know you have a you know, about action movies. I have never seen a Lethal Weapon movie. You should see oh, the first fun. one. they're fun. Mel Gibson, is, you know, he's an unhinged yeah. cop. There's a, a suicide attempt scene at the beginning that he nails, and it sets the tone for everything that comes after the yeah. movie. And he is so... I mean, now we know what darkness is inside of Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you see it in a scene like that, or that scene in Signs, when his wife oh. is pinned against the, the oh, tree with yeah. a car and he can't do anything yeah. except be ripped apart. Yeah. He's so good. No pun intended, because she was ripped apart. It's interesting you should say that's where we can see the dark side of him, because I was going through his IMDb, and a lot of times the quote section... Whoever puts this stuff up there usually has something to do with it. Like either it's the actor themselves or someone close to them. I think it's him. Because this is, <laughs> I've been doing birthdays now for five years. I've been looking at tons of IMDb. It just rolled and rolled and rolled. I don't think they have a limit to how much stuff you can put up there. Just quote after quote, this man, whoever put it up there, would not shut <laughs> up. And so I went right to the end because I'm like, let's get some up to date stuff. And he had this written there, and I found this very interesting. If he were to give advice to his younger self, he would say, don't be so caught up in the little things. Take advantage of all the gifts the world has to offer. Live every day to the fullest and shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, I almost wonder if he's had a come to Jesus moment there. Uh, He was already with Jesus. (laughs) He is something else. He's not with Jesus all He's clearly (laughs) writing through. That's clearly If you have some free time at work, go look because you're just like, oh my God, it's still going. It's still going. It's all the stuff he thinks. He's just up there telling you stuff he thinks. Ooh. Uh, anyway, Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing? This is true. Laura Lee, this is going to happen to you all the time now that you've been on the show. People are going to come up to you and they're <laughs> going to say, hey, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. Right. And the first thing I'm, you're going to tell them is, if you ask her what movie she saw, she'll tell you, and it's probably Ghostbusters. Probably. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing you can tell them is that Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I, I do Who love doesn't? it. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And I love when it in many levels. Sings. Like Sometimes I love like Emma Stone sings really cute yeah. and adorable and, and in La land and then there's other people that sing like john lithgow did this little kitty album where he sings kids to when they're taking bath time which is kind of yeah it was kind of crazy <laughs> but then there's a bath time singing uh, it's <laughs> really it's a bath time song like rubber duck he's like yeah. rubber duck it's really creepy right. but it's also i think he means it to be lovely and so that's always rub interesting. my ducky You're no the one. <laughs> yeah Rub my duck. Um, so this one is kind of interesting because he's actually pretty good and he's singing with his daughter and it's kind of awesome. So Paul, play us a little Mr. Tambourine Man where Kevin Costner is singing with his daughter and their band Modern West. And I believe it was in Aspen, Colorado in 2009. Oh, you, you can totally hear his voice, you know? Yet he's still like unintelligible enough to be covering Dylan. Yeah. He's playing guitar too. He reminds me of somebody, and I can't put my finger on it. I love how it. It's 
very it's very staccato. Well, he's sure. got uh, yeah, he's he doing with the way of Russell Crowe, Keanu like Reeves. It. They all started you know, had their band and kept it going. Why so that's modern. That? West. Why do they do that? It's because fun. They, some people are passionate about things. Oh, oh that I <laughs> want to after your vulnerability. I want to see your passion. Oh. Both those things will be fun to check. You know that, out that sounds day. like a long a long day, Paul. I don't know if I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps another showcast, everybody. Together we're the movie guys. Individually we are. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, Facebook.com/slash the movie guys, YouTube, iTunes, Instagram, all that nonsense for daily jokes and links. It's tiring as hell to keep up with, but uh, it's fun. Thanks to Laura Lee Barr, everybody. Let's run through the plugs real quick. Do you have social media for the movie or yourself? Yes, uh, bonethemovie.com. That's the website. At bonethemovie for Twitter. On Facebook as well. Um, Me, lauraleebarr.com. You can also find me at lauraleebarr at Twitter and on Facebook. And I think I'm on Instagram, too, at lauraleebarr. And that's B-A-H-R. Yes, B-A-H-R. Oh, yeah, because you might think B-A-E-R. And the film is available on uh, all manner of on-demand rental or purchase. And the the book, Angel Meat, will be out January January 17th. So soon. So soon. And that's M-E-A-T, Angel Meat. Very important. Thanks, as always, to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show each week. And, of course, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Did I mention I also saw the Lyle Lovett movie Angels Sing? And remember, you can always find us time. at themovieguys.net. <laughs> Next week, three new films, or actually more than that. As January does, some new films uh, like Sleepless and Monster Trucks are coming out. And joining them are more films going into wide release, like Live by Night and Patriot's Day. There's a lot to cover. Join us then. And it also had that singing guy in it with Lyle. Harry Connick Jr. Yes. The singing guy. I'll tell you who's in these movies, honey. You just Lyle was a Christmas Ghostbuster. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>